Uh, the Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It is good to be blue. The official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Good morning. Welcome in. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. And uh, we're always powered by the amazing breakfast sandwiches at Fleetway Market and the Market Cafe in Glugstadt. They are delicious. Stop by this week and try one of their breakfast sandwiches at Fleetway Market and the Market Cafe in Glugstadt. We welcome in Mike Dettelier, Saints, LSU, among other things, Insider, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. And Mike joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Mike D, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, Mike, I want to start with NFL power rankings in the NFC. I don't want to go through the whole list. I just want to go through the top five. Um, Mike, do you do you start with the Eagles? And if you do, where do you go from there? If not, how do you see it? Yeah, I, I would certainly start with the Eagles. And uh, they're going to be so explosive on offense. Uh, there's the question marks is what happens on defense. There's some key people there that they've lost, uh, trying to replace. They've got a bunch of former Georgia players that they're counting on to come through for them. But, man, they got some talent on offense for the Eagles. So I would put them in the one spot. San Francisco, too. I just think defensively they are an elite group. They can run the football. The offensive line is very good. Big question mark at quarterback. Yeah. What do you think they're going to do there? I think it's going to end up being Brock Purdy. Uh, myself, uh, Trey Lance has shown me nothing to make me believe that he's the guy for this team. So I think Purdy ends up being the guy. In the three spot, I'd put Seattle. I think they have as good a young talent base as anyone in the NFL today. Um, they've drafted really well in the last two years. Big question mark is, what are you going to get out of Geno Smith? I mean, which one is the real guy? The one we saw a year ago or the one we have seen in the past? But they got a really good running game. Their offensive line is talented. They do have a new center, and that always is a concern for me. I'm a center guy. I think that that is a major part of the game. And but man, uh, Pete Carroll's really pieced it together to make a hard run. Really has. How, let's so, you know we had kind of dismissed Pete Carroll, and and he and Snyder. There were even talks when Paul Allen passed away that they were um, that they didn't have the leadership necessarily uh, necessary to get it done in the league, and that the sister wasn't interested um, in the franchise. And boy, and and maybe even that there was a, I don't know, a rift between Snyder and Carroll. And like you just said, Mike, they've done a really good job uh, putting together a roster that it looks like can, can compete and maybe at a high level in the postseason. Yeah, uh, again, I, I don't know how far Geno Smith can drive the car. Right. But they got all the other pieces in place. They are really talented. And, you know, Pete's always been a run-oriented coach. 
He always has been, uh, no matter where he's been. And, man, they've got a bevy of backs there. Their receiving core is very good now. Uh, you know, so we'll see how that goes. But, uh, man, I like what Pete's done and uh, his defense. He did get Bobby Wagner back uh, to help a young defense. But, man, they they got a team. If Geno plays well again, they can make a run for this in the NFC. They really do. I put Detroit in the fourth spot. I think that um, Dan Campbell has them in the right position. They are explosive on offense, especially when they get Jamison Williams back from the suspension. And you throw in a Jameer Gibbs, rookie tight end, golf. Uh, we've seen when they can protect him. Uh He's a guy that's in that second tier of quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. And they're going to play aggressive. They're going to come after you. So I put Detroit in the fourth spot. And at five, I would have Saints-Cowboys. Kind of 5A, 5B. Okay. Um, So the Eagles, man, it looks good for the Eagles. They run so well. In the front office, um, they got the number one offensive line. Do you think they have the number one offensive line, Mike? Or I where think, would you? I would put them in the number one spot. Uh, there's and they got some depth along that offensive line. That's the thing you see in the NFL today, and, and watching preseason games over the weekend. There's a, a lack of quality depth across the board. Uh, league-wise offensive line. But the Eagles are one of the few teams that's got some depth there. So they got the best line in pro football with a talented quarterback, a very good tight end in Dallas Goddard. That receiving core of Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, is really good. Now, the running back group, they're not paying a lot of money to, but they'll do it by committee. Uh, and see how that works out. And and they've been able to make it work that way. But, uh, man, they they pretty doggone good. Again, you're counting on all those young defenders from Georgia to make an impact. And um, that's five of them across the board. How they work out is interesting because – Man, I've been thinking about this. I don't remember another team in recent memory that had all those pieces from Davis to Jalen Carter to N'Kobe Dean. You got the pass rusher, Smith, all from one school, all either in their first year or year two that you're counting upon to really make a difference uh, on that defense. But all from one school. That that goes to show Kirby's done a pretty doggone good job recruiting. Right. That you got that many talented guys on one team. And that's that was by design. You could tell they had targeted those players to fill certain needs. So, um, it's not going to be about their offense this year. It's going to be about the young pieces on defense. 
How would you rank their skill players with AJ, who I think is a top five guy, Devontae, Godert, Goddard, um, and then their running backs? How would where would you rank their offensive skill players, Mike? Well, tight end receivers they're at the upper tier. Most people would have to get a program to figure out who's playing running back for them. But they've been able to make it work. Okay, they've been able to make it work with different pieces at running back. So the receiver tight end group, and it's it's at the highest level in the NFL. Running back, man, they've been it's uh it's a grab bag uh there. But their line is so good. It's just about health, keeping your running backs healthy. More than anything. And they don't and they were the first team that started this with not believing in paying running backs a lot of money. They are one of the originators in this. I wish Jerry Jones would have known that. Um that's why there's such a gap and a difference between the way these two franchises are run. Who's your sleeper, Mike? Even if they're in the top five, because you threw out two teams that you're very aware that they are talented, and they actually both had good years last year. The Lions were, were within a whisker um, of making the playoffs. But you mentioned Seattle and Detroit. Is that one of your two sleeper teams over in the NFC, or is it another team? Or is it the Saints? I, I I wouldn't say Detroit's a sleeper team. Um, I, I think most people got a good awareness of them a year ago. Uh, Seattle, not a lot of people talk about them. And I, I guess because, you know, you're in the Pacific Northwest and you're not getting a ton of primetime games and you have Geno Smith at quarterback. But I think that they're a team – that has so much talent. And Pete has walked down that aisle before, okay? He's, he's no rookie coach by any stretch that they could surprise a lot of people and maybe win the West over San Francisco. Okay. If, if there's a hiccup at quarterback for the 49ers, man, Seattle's right there. Right there. Do you expect the Rams to bounce back with Stafford? No, no. I think I think the Rams will probably win five, maybe six games this year. But I don't expect – there's way too many holes offensive line-wise. Uh, other than Aaron Donald, defensive line, their secondary is not even an average group. Um, it, it's just too many pieces. They mortgaged everything for a Super Bowl. And, Bo, I'll be honest, I'm not sure I wouldn't have done that. Right. Sure. I'm not sure I wouldn't have done that for a couple years, try to win me a Super Bowl. They played in two and won one. That I wouldn't have tried that and then try to rebuild it afterwards. Have the, do you believe, we're visiting with Mike Dettelier on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, WWL Radio. TV New Orleans. We're talking NFC power rankings as uh, proximity to the Saints, proximity to Dak, AJ Brown at the Eagles. Y'all know the drill. Mike dropped the Seahawks, you know, DK there. Seahawks have also drafted KJ Wright years ago and Charles Cross 
uh, recently in the first round. KJ wasn't in the first round. But so lots of Mississippi ties here. Um, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are both super bright and have been successful. And we're within a whisker of the Super Bowl. And if Jimmy Garoppolo hits that pass, then we could be talking about a different deal. Having said all that, and, and again, Mike, talented, bright, done a good job, but have they screwed the quarterback position all? Have they gotten a little too cute? How do you see it? <laughs> um, man, it's interesting uh, of what they've done at quarterback because giving up all what they gave up for Trey and ends up the guy who was the seventh-round pick becomes your guy. I mean, uh, that's storybook. But <clears throat> I think there was always division on what to do with that pick. Uh, I, I'm always convinced Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. And I am convinced it was Lynch that always wanted Trey. Oof. He saw the potential in him. But it, it's just not worked out. But I don't need him to be a superstar. I need him to play big in big games, but I don't need him to be a superstar all the time. Because I've got enough pieces around him, if it's Purdy, that we can win. It's But it's, it's a strange development on what they gave up to get to that spot to pick Trey, and it ends up being a seventh-round pick. The guy that's probably going to be the leader of your team. Yeah, I'm convinced that they they know that they know Purdy's the guy, but it's it's almost embarrassing that you gave up all of this and Trey's still struggling with um, making the quick reads. You see the athleticism; he's got arm strength. He can make all the NFL throws. It's the processing part. Um, man, I talked about this with Sean Payton years ago about the how hard it is when you watch a player in college and then project him into the NFL at quarterback because it's a quick process uh, between your ears. It's, it's difficult. Okay, you're not outside playing uh, in the backyard. This ain't high school football and you, Al Bundy. Okay, this is the NFL. Uh, You might think it's easy, but it's not. Uh, When you watch the Netflix movie on the quarterbacks, you see the time and the effort all these guys go through to be who they are. And, uh, you know, I work with a couple former NFL quarterbacks, and they all talk about the mental process is much harder than the physical one to play in the NFL, much harder. Uh, and it's, you're like a fighter pilot. You've got to make a decision quickly, right or wrong. And right now, Trey's struggling in that area. With Purdy, man, it's come pretty quick for him. He knows where to go with the football. He's not as physically gifted as Lance. But, man, he is sharp uh, how he processes this and can figure out where the ball should be. Yeah, and Shanahan does a great job, you know, making it as 
uh, not easy. Nothing in the NFL is easy, but um, paving the way for him. All right, so let's go to the I, I, the Cowboys. Um, w- obviously, a big year for McCarthy, uh, but the Eagles are without a doubt um, the team in the division. And you know, Mike, the Giants have gotten better. Uh, the Commanders are feisty. Do you think the Cowboys, knowing that the Eagles are probably going to win it, do you still believe the Cowboys make the playoffs? Yeah. The Cowboys got talent. And, um, again, it's to get over that stigma of not being able to win in the postseason. Because the Cowboys are going to put up points. They're still a really talented offensive team. And they got some signature players on defense. They can get after you. But it's uh, it's a strange makeup of a team. It, it really is. Uh, there have been some instances here that you wonder kind of where they're going with this franchise. And And, okay, it's easy to blame Dak. It's real easy to do that. And quarterbacks get way too much credit when you win and way too much blame when you lose. But you can see here, I thought they took a big chance with Mike McCarthy. I'll be honest with you. I I didn't think he was the right fit there uh, with Dallas. But are you overly impressed with him and what he's been able to do? And now he takes over the play calling. Yeah, that's this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Now, Sean did it here, but him and Drew sort of played with the same brain, if that makes any sense. Uh, I, I think they <laughs> yeah. they both sort of thought on the same wavelength, and they both had the same brain about what to do. Uh, I don't get that with McCarthy and and Dak. I, I don't I don't see that. But they got a lot of talent. They got and they got explosive talent. So, I, I certainly see them as a playoff team. How far they go, I think, is the big question mark. Yeah. And I don't think the Giants will be as good as they were a year ago. I don't think Daniel Jones can piece that together again, even though I'm I'm a big Brian Dable fan. I, I think yeah. Brian's a terrific head coach. The Commanders... Convince me Sam Howell is the guy. Good grief. <clears throat> okay. They do have bits and pieces, but convince me Sam Howell's the guy. And and I'm I'm just not convinced. And there's a lot of things behind the scenes now. Now you see players complaining because Eric Bieniemy sort of hurt my feelings because he hollered at me in practice. Come on. That goes to show you just where we are in this league, uh, that you can't take hard coaching. Uh, we had Drew Brees on with us Friday. He was like, I'm amazed at that, that some player would complain about it. You know, uh, everybody who's ever done anything in life, they've been hard coached. Hey. They've been pushed. Sean Payton was ruthless and harsh, wasn't he? Yeah, so was Belichick. So was Lombardi. Mm-hmm. So was Landry. 
So was Chuck Noll. Yes. So was Bill Walsh. We can go on and on. Those guys could push your buttons, and they pushed you. So the commanders, what have they won over the last few years? Nothing. And so you got players complaining that their new offensive coordinator, he's sort of loud and vocal with them. Now, I've been around Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, he'll get on you when you screw up, but he also is a guy that gives you a lot of praise when you do right. But we live in that society today, Bo. I hate to say it, but it's true. Man, you hollered at me. You hollered at me, and I'm offended. Get used to it. Wait till you get into the real world. That, No doubt about that. Mike Dettelier on the Out of Bounds Show. Oh, wow, that went quick. All right, so... We'll uh, we'll do it again next week. We'll be that much closer to, and we got it. I know we talked to Mike about this a couple of weeks ago, but man, we got a big one week one with uh, with LSU man. and Florida State. I I can't I can't wait to see what two really good quarterbacks and um, some coaches that are trending in the right direction. Two really good coaches too. Of course, Brian Kelly's unbelievable. So I can't I can't wait to see what happens in in Orlando with uh, with LSU and Florida State. I picked LSU to win the West. We'll see if they can uh, see if they can hold up. All right, Mike, uh, have a great week. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Bo. Appreciate it. He's great. Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. It's almost like we've forgotten about that, Jason. The, the LSU-Florida State game. That's the biggest game of week one. I, I mean, I like the Utah-Florida game at Utah on Thursday night. Um, I don't know why Florida scheduled that game. You know, Billy Napier would would rather be playing a team like what Georgia's playing. I mean, Georgia has one of the easiest schedules in the SEC. And hey, credit to them. But, you know, Florida already has a Power 5 opponent every year in Florida State. Right, yeah. Why add another one in Utah? I know they won last year, and we thought Anthony Richardson was a Heisman Trophy candidate. But now they're going to Utah, and Kyle Whittingham um, is telling people that they're good and they're physical and nasty. They they kind of play like an SEC team. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. They definitely. like to bully you out. Well, I mean, because most teams are pretty softy. You know, Pac twelve, Big twelve. You know, a little bit of. I mean, not that. A little bit of flag foot, not seven on seven type deal. Just not as physical. <laughs> Um, I don't, Florida at Utah Thursday night. I don't know if that's a, re- oh, and he named his starter over the weekend, Napier. He named the Wisconsin transfer. So that's another, another one to keep an eye on. And you know that uh, LSU and Florida State is now a top 10 matchup. LSU is looked at as, as number five in the AP preseason and Florida State is number eight. Florida State pulls LSU game one. Clemson in game four. Ooh. They could be two and two in a good team. Yikes. Uh, the Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Sound and Communications. Soundcomav.com. We've got NFL Chuck coming up next.